Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dork down for a while Hello and welcome to the dork forest It's me, Jackie Cation You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com If you like a determiner You can donate to the show using PayPal or Venmo. You go to the websites, you find out where I'm doing stand-up comedy. Rangers of the Dork Forest, I love you dearly, and thank you so much. Feel free to go to Apple, rate and review the show. Five stars would be great. Let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg sang and wrote that song that you just heard, and he will be singing at the end, the Mexican hat dance. Uh, Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio and video, and we thank all the stars for that. Let's get into the show. Oh my gosh, Jackie Cation with a returning guest to the Dork Forest, Jason Clam. Jason Clam, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Is it okay to correct you and say that it's Clom? Is it Clom? It is Clom. We've known each other for mm-hmm. nigh on a decade. Yep. I do like Clom. That's interesting. Why do you everybody, think they went everybody with Everybody mis- misremembers. Why? Uh, I don't know, but do you want to know what it means? Sure. Uh, first of all, the it means ravine, right? So like the people who had that name grew up or were raised near ravines, lived near ravines. The other problem with the name is it also does mean moist. And ah. that is everyone's <laughs> least favorite word, including mine. But it does mean moist. What, so. what language are we talking about here? Bavarian? German, sorry. Talking. Okay. Yeah, yeah, very specifically Bavarian. We, oh, we, there you go. That is where we come from. Yeah. Uh, Bavaria. It's mm-hmm. all so t- rustic. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jason Klum... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's at Jason Klom, right? All yeah, the things uh, well, on Instagram, but it's at J Klom on Twitter because I didn't understand how handles worked then. And so. Twitter blows. So Instagram is yeah. at Jason Klom, K L A M M. And I have this to say is that um, we're going to have to take, we're taking an ad at around 20 minutes today. Very mm-hmm. exciting. So don't, don't bogart my ad space, is what I'm <laughs> saying. And because uh, I don't know what I'm doing. It's only been 17 years of doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Previously, I was on your podcast where we yeah. taught, I got to pick a, a, a comedy album and then we dissected it. What was the name of that podcast? I'm sure it's still out there in the ether. People could listen to it because it was super yes. cool. Well, thank you. It's called Comedy on Vinyl. I, I technically ended it like a year and a half ago, but I every once in a while we'll do an episode if somebody special wants to come on. You oh, know. I bet. I bet. And now you have... Um, another you have a book coming out in september i do this will come out august 15th 2023 but your book comes out in september and it is about sketch comedy if i'm correct that is correct 1990s tv sketch comedy if you want to be very specific and called we're not worthy which is a quote from a sketch that i can't remember what it was <laughs> it's from wayne's world and the funny well, thing is go. The Wayne's World sketches are not that memorable. The movie I love. I do happen to love the movie because I'm ju- of just the right age. But um, uh, yeah, that's what it's from. Okay. There's and a whole so- long subtitle that I can't remember, so I'm not going to bother saying it. <laughs> well, no need to push the push that envelope then. No, nah. no reason to to lose it. What? Um, here's my question: Is um, what do you think? we're going to talk about today. I think now I gave you several options, but I do believe you said that uh, the one that we should probably pick is the first one I said, which is the television program news radio. And now everybody tunes out. Oh no, because (laughs) people love it. love news radio. I have a gossip thing about news radio that, (gasps) I mean, that I will tell you, but it Uh is not, um, it's a horrible story, of course, because sure, they usually a, are. It's a Phil Hartman story, so it's going to uh-huh. be super sad. Yeah. Um, but here's a scoop. News radio sitcom Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall. Mm-hmm. Here's here. I'm going to tell you what I know about news radio. First Hit of me. all, I'm not a huge fan of sitcoms. Fair. Very sad. Liked them when I was a child because I sure. was a child. And then I grew up and I went away from childish things. That's not sure. true at all. Um, <laughs> but for some reasons, it comes, uh, they're hard for me to, to grab me. So um, here's the question. Uh, mm-hmm. So here's what I know. Dave Foley's in it. Phil Hartman's in it. Dave Foley, sketch comic. Phil Hartman, stand-up comic, I believe. And, and sketch. 
and sketch or yeah. he might have just been a sketch comic i don't know if he did stand i can't remember as you're saying it now i'm wondering uh, i read his damn biography but it was just depressing so I'm trying right. to, yeah i don't remember now who are we who were the women folk in it well, you've got your Maura Tierney, you've got your Candy Alexander, you've got Vicky Lewis, uh, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. Three, yeah. three women, yeah. and I think then there was the old guy who played the owner of the news station. You got Stephen Root. Yep. And then you got um, some problematic additions towards the end. <laughs> oh, I th- was there. Um, so, but the 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 idea it was sort of like WKRP in Cincinnati, but much quippier and darker. Right. Yeah. And and good. I you know, I, I say that like I like I even remember an episode of WKRP, but it got okay. so frequently compared to it that like, oh, yeah. right. Just yeah. because it took place just because it's a radio station, yeah. but it's a news radio station. And I think their goal was like, let's basically never address the fact that we're in, in a news station because it almost never had anything to do with the news or <laughs> radio. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, that, that was like. Sure, that's where it all happened, but most of the shit that, like, there's a whole episode, which is my favorite episode, where Phil Hartman is addicted to old rotten sandwiches in a machine. And that's not about radio. That's just about beautiful human addiction and problems, and it's great. Oh, my God. Wait. So, I want to get to the sandwich thing. Don't get me wrong. But I want to know why, what is, what? so they, it's called News Radio. Yeah, it's supposedly about a news radio station in the '90s because it was what? What did it run? When did it run? Uh, it was it was uh, so 1995 to 1999 on NBC at question mark. It was one of the most bounced around shows on oh, TV. Oh, okay, and so just four seasons, which is uh, hard. F- five technically, if five. Sorry, because the first season was one of those truncated six seasons, six episode seasons. So okay. it's five seasons, but 95 to 99. Okay. So, Were there a hundred episodes? Did they get to go to syndication, which was is, a big thing? This I can imagine has to have pissed them off. They got to ninety-seven. There and there's always a reason, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you did you ever was there a drama about why there was a reason? The thing is, by the time they got to season five, nobody I won't say nobody, few people gave a shit anymore. And uh the idea of pushing it beyond that did not seem to appeal to anybody. And okay. I, just because that truncated first season is the only reason I think they could have squeezed a few in there, but right, right. Because 97 episodes, they are three episodes in nineties parlance of, of, of giant money. Yeah. And, yeah. but now with streaming, here's my other weird question. Uh huh. It can't, it's in syndication anyway, right? You can yeah, still right. watch it. Yeah. And um, I'm sure they're making nothing. Nothing off of it. Oh, right, right. Because streaming pays a penny. From what I understand. Yeah, it's a jam. Yeah. Okay. So are the first three seasons, like all sitcoms, the best seasons? You know, it's interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Season four, though, is fucking phenomenal. And then season five is maligned for the wrong reasons and uh, should be celebrated oh, for the good stuff that's there. This now, now let us get into it. Yeah. First season, six episodes. They yeah. establish. What do they establish? They establish. You know, yeah. It's like, well, those first six seasons or six episodes are very much. They were in the hands of Jim Burroughs, my good friend, Jim, Jimmy. I call him Jimmy. Do you? I've met him You're once. Calm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're good friends. No, uh, he and like he was trying to make it cheers and uh, help push along the romance between Dave and Lisa, Moore Tierney and Dave Foley's characters. And that's in there. But they also very much wanted to get them to bang and be done with it and deal with the uh, aftermath because they thought that was funnier than the Sam and Diane BS. But I think from what I understand, my good buddy Jimmy wanted them to stretch it out a little bit longer, but they refused to. So, okay, so those yeah. first six episodes was just we find out that Dave Foley and Moira Tierney mm-hmm. uh, are in love, mm-hmm. and that always makes for comedy gold. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but so so Dave Foley. Let's go through the characters, if you would. So sure. Dave Foley's what's his character's name? Dave Nelson. Dave Nelson, and he is the manager. He is the he is the news director. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's the news director. I, Jimmy is technically Stephen Root's character. Jimmy James named after the Beastie Boys song is the station manager, the owner. Uh, was he really named after the Beastie Boys song? Yeah. Okay. This is such a writer's room nerd out. Okay. Good oh, those for that. guys. Oh, those yeah. guys. They're, they're the biggest, they're the most Gen X group of Gen X dudes I've ever interviewed in my life. They're just You guys want to watch a Gen X sitcom. 
Mm-hmm. You hook yourselves up. Get yourself some news radio. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Jimmy I, James. I, yeah, you got your Jimmy James. Then Maura Tierney is a reporter, sort of producer. It's by the way, it gets nebulous at some point, and nobody cares. Uh, Andy Dick's character. There's Andy problematic Dick. guy number one. He there plays we go. Matthew. <laughs> And Matthew is the uh, dipshit, sometimes cub reporter, sometimes producer, sometimes other things. Uh, Phil Hartman is one of the two news anchors. He plays Bill McNeil. Candy Alexander plays Catherine. uh, Oh, my God. Catherine Duke. She's one of the other news anchors. Okay. Station electrician. uh, uh, That's that's a very complicated part. (laughs) It's played by the other problematic one, Joe Rogan. He plays Joe Gorelli. Uh, and there's an ongoing joke about, oh, your last name is Gorelli. Nobody ever remembers that that's his last name. And Vicki Lewis, who I think is the unsung hero of the show, <clears throat> plays Beth. No last name. She is the receptionist. Her last name is never discovered or exposed. Oh, really? Okay. She may not have one. There's there's a whole episode where they're writing out a check to her. Uh, I think it's uh, Wayne, uh, Wayne Fetterman's writing out a check. What's the last name? No last name, she says. So <laughs> she has none. Right. And uh, I think she's named after the Kiss song, if I'm not mistaken. Well, Beth, I hear you calling. Mm-hmm. And uh, for some reason, those lyrics are still in my head. Uh, I so I want to actually let's jump to the to the unsung hero. Mm-hmm. When is she introduced? Is she introduced immediately? Yes, she absolutely is. She's like she's one of the t- the first characters. And I will say anybody for dipping in. The pilot is a great pilot as pilots go. It is not the characters as you will see them, but it's pretty close. And she's a standout. She's great. She's the wacky redheaded receptionist, but like she becomes so, so, so much more. She becomes this kind of um, daughter to Jimmy James. Like he's trying to take care of her and trying to, because she's poor as shit. She's eating ketchup packet soup and all that stuff. And he's trying to get her to, he's trying to teach her business acumen, which he sort of succeeds at eventually. And um, yeah. And just, wait, is there pathos in news radio? A little. They don't like it. They hated it. All of them hated doing it. <laughs> right. They feel like a group of people who don't want any part of pathos. No, they don't. And I, I, here's the thing, though. I'm a sucker. So the couple times it happens, I'm like, oh, this is really good and sweet. And like, and one like I remember once talking about uh, talk about talking about the show with Jesse Thorne and him being like, you know, it's their family, and then that's what that's one of the reasons. I'm like, you're right. Like that is that dynamic is there. But none of them would really ever admit that because they're just they're sarcastic, ironic, bitter Gen Xers. And I say that with love in my heart for every of those, every one of those. Okay, people. so who's the dad? Is Jimmy James the dad? Jimmy James, it's yeah, for the most part, he's the dad or the weird uncle. You okay, know, he's so kind of the yeah. Who's the other dad? That's Dave Foley. Oh, although, Dave Foley's the dad. Although Lisa's uh, Maura Tierney's character, Lisa is like she's easily the more competent, which is one of the few things they did right on the show in terms of gender dynamics, because this is a bunch of dudes not knowing what to do. They at least made her more competent and never really gets the opportunity until later in the show to basically one up him and become the new manager for at least a period of time. Oh, so, so she becomes the manager for a period of time for and, a period of time. And yeah. does he have is he butthurt about it a little bit? Uh, and it's it's so complicated. And at some point, he's he's very much like uh He's accepted. He's like, no, this is actually probably a good thing. And then he decides he's going to become evil to get his part, to get it back. And everybody's like, yeah, you're evil. Very good. That's very cute, Dave, that you're evil. Right, There's right. a whole episode called Pure Evil, and it's fantastic. That's, uh, okay. So in the in the first season and a half, right? Yeah. So what are your favorite episodes there? I would have to pull up a list because if because we- Because I think uh, you I made a never, list. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. So let me, let me pull up the, the news radio. Episode. You guys, Jason <laughs> Clam, Clam, Jason uh-huh. Clam, by the way, yeah. is pulling up a list. And I'm yeah. just going to remind you that he has a book coming out. It's called We're Not Worthy. Thank you. <laughs> and if you go to sketchcomedybook.com, that I think takes you to jasonclum.com. Yes. <laughs> so. It does, but a specific page there that's got all like the, some pre-order links, some info about the book, some trailers that I did for the book, that kind of stuff. Perfect. Did like six trailers for some reason. Um, nice. So it's hard because, you know, I, I, I did this whole podcast about news radio because I'm obsessed with it. And I do think there are no bad episodes. There are some oh, less really? good episodes, but I, I, I can't find fault in any of any of them completely. This is Even, a perfect dorkdom then, because yeah. if you can't find fault in any of them and you, yeah. yet you say that two of the characters are problematic. Oh, well, um, I won't say the characters so much. Oh, the, people the characters, the characters are, oh, the characters are, the characters did they nail the character? 
Yeah, Joe Rogan's okay. great as a guy named Joe who has one note to him. Andy Dick is great. He's a great physical comedian, and that sucks. <laughs> it's too bad that he's that funny. That's all right. I'm saying. Well, okay, yeah. so okay, so uh, p- p- pick an episode, and then yeah, I do want to yeah, talk no, about the good, the, the good parts of those characters because that mm-hmm. that's neat. Yeah. Well, so if we're gonna talk season one. Okay. The best episode and maybe the most acknowledged as a best best episode is um, smoking. And pardon me. And that is a whole episode where Bill, Phil Hartman's character, is trying to quit smoking. Okay. Dave is trying to quit coffee. And okay. that is all based on real life. Uh, Dave is Dave Foley is a acknowledged coffee addict. And it is just there are combinations of it, it's it's almost a comedy of manners because the two of them are uh, they're, they're trying to hide, they're trying to hide the fact that they're still smoking or still, uh, drinking coffee. And there's a lot of back and forth, some really great physical bits where there's a whole moment where Dave is accusing Bill of smoking and he's just <laughs> standing there and he's upset until, oh, I'm sorry, Dave. And he lets out this huge puff of smoke and it's a perfect visual bit. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's kind of yeah. cool that they, that they do physical comedy Yeah. in sitcoms. They they try to do it. I mean, historically, there there has been great physical comedy, but usually, it's trapped in like someone's been locked in a freezer or something. Yeah, that uh, is not something they would do on this show. I will give them that. There's not, and I say this as a fan of Perfect Strangers. There's no Perfect Strangers bullshit going on. Okay, well, and but the thing is, is they are doing sort of vaudevillian like level, just slapsticky kind of physical comedy, and it. Oh yeah. And well, I mean, and good for them. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what the that's what the show that's what those shows kind of should be, right? Because yeah. they're supposed to be for the whole family. Yeah. Now, this the, uh, this this show was super dark, though, wasn't it? I think it got dark, but I, it was also very much it was just cynical. Like there's or it was a lot just of kind of bitter, or just kind of like a little yeah. mean. That's what yeah. it was. It's yeah, not it dark. It's just mean. Yeah. yeah, it's not maybe as mean as as other shows of the era. It is not weirdly. It's it's weird that you have to couch it like this. It's not as homophobic as other shows of the time. It's <laughs> not as sexist. Um, it's not really racist, except for the fact that they didn't write for Candy Alexander's part that well. And she eventually left because of it. Um, and so, is she a person of color? Candy? She is a person of color. Yes. There we and go. The, the only person of color in the main cast on the show. And brilliant, by the way. Great on the show. And right. what was yeah, her? Kind of, she was one of the she was one of the hosts, you said, right? Yeah, she was News one of anchor. the other anchors and just constantly uh, fighting with Bill McNeil. And that was a fantastic dynamic. Uh, but they couldn't quite figure out, I don't think, what to do with her beyond that, beyond every once in a while making her sassy. They acknowledge that, though, like they would acknowledge that within the show. Like, you know, the, she says the word you're looking for is sassy. And, uh, and like there's just there's stuff like that. It just um Again, they acknowledge their weaknesses, but don't really do a whole lot about fixing. <laughs> and do they do? Are there? Because w- one of the one of the great things and one of the problems with sitcoms is mm-hmm. that you are working with one note characters. Yeah. And yeah. when they try to go beyond that, to try to they and they go to like pathos, or they go to that third season where we do flashbacks or we find out something. Uh-huh. You know, I think in Cheers. We find out he's like an alcoholic and he has a lucky uh, uh, cap, like beer uh-huh. cap or something right. that he has to carry around, which uh-huh. I think is just their way of saying he he had an AA chip that he used. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. but uh, yeah. the uh, <laughs> the but I will say, so are all of these characters kind of one note? I mean, when I think about them, they feel a little bit sitcom one note but they but they do it very very well i would say you could describe them as i did in a very quick note but they are more complex than that if only because if you know the depth to which they went to make these characters function episode to episode the show was episodic but the characters were uh they they just kept going like there are solid backstories that continued and oh really yeah. Now they did sometimes pull the old sitcom bullshit, which is like, yeah, it turns out one of these characters is secretly a dentist and they never bring it up again. Like, <laughs> like they would pull that kind of stuff, but also uh, they know the th- audience wait a loves minute. that. That's not done on any others. What other sitcom <laughs> is doing that? Where someone is also secretly whatever. I mean, maybe a UPS driver. Sure. But like a, a, 
If you were secretly a dentist, uh huh, you would be a dentist. You would think so, yeah. I love it. It's. it's I think there's better money in being a dentist than who was who was. I Andy Dick's character. (laughs) Oh, Andy Dick's character is secretly a dentist. It's great. It's such a and it acknowledges everything. uh, uh, How stupid the whole plot is. It's so friggin' beautiful. And um, oh, what was I gonna? My brain just fried. Um, right. just stopped. Just totally stopped. Okay, um, well, this is a good opportunity for us yeah. maybe to take a quick break for an ad that okay. may or may not be here, probably mm-hmm. is going to. So okay. live it up, people. My ad, my ad, my ad. I'm about to do an ad. It's me, Jackie Cation. The Dork Forest is sponsored by BetterHelp. I have had therapy, you guys. I was having a hard time in my life and I had to figure it out. And so I went to a therapist and I spent about three years doing therapy and I gained a great deal from it because I was willing to be honest to the therapist that I was talking about. So sometimes we're faced with crossroads in life and we don't know what path to take. Maybe you're thinking about a career change or what's your relationship, what maybe you want to deal with something in the past, whatever it is, therapy can help you map out your future and trust yourself to find your way forward. I've benefited from therapy and Part of it was how honest I had to be. So there you go. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. And there's no harm and no foul in switching therapists. You have to find someone that you can connect with. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com dork today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash dork, D-O-R-K. Thanks a lot for listening. Let's get back into the show. And we're back, you guys. Was it? Was there an ad there? Let's find out later uh, if you (laughs) wanted to go to that website and do that thing. Good for them. Anyway, uh, Jason Clamp, that's what, Clom, that's who I'm with, Jason Clom, K-L-A-M-M. It would be, a, it's not a, it's not a hard A. It's a long A, right? Am I, I actually am describing those completely backwards. Good for me. So Andy Dick's character is, uh-huh. um, is, is not a mess, but he's a mess. Is that the thing? No, or? the character is, the character is to be fair, a mess, but just in a completely different way. He's not sexually assaulting anybody on the show. So, you know, that's good. <laughs> that's fun. He's uh he's just a goofball. Like he's a traditional old school vaudeville goofball. Before he did this, the, the thing he did first that uh, he has since said that he's happy he did not go through was this pilot, this pilot movie for a spinoff of Get Smart where he played 99s and Agent What's His Fuck's kid. So and he's oh my great God. in it. He's great yeah. in that. He's perfect for that. But it wasn't good. Um, and then the cold open then for the first two to three seasons of news radio with a few exceptions are him falling over or hurting himself in some way. Okay. Because he, he is a brilliant pratfall artist for what that's worth. And, um, so you know what it was worth? It was funny. That's what it was worth. Everybody was on board. Yeah. You cannot deny that that stuff is funny. Right. Yeah. He is, but he is a mess of a person. I did not know uh-huh. that he, uh, that he, uh, I'm not surprised, uh, he's sexually, uh, being gross, but I mm-hmm. didn't know that. I mean, and granted assault is defined. I I'm a hundred years old. We never, many sure. things that happened to me were not defined as sexual assault right. <laughs> that now would be defined. Jackie, that's a crime. And you're like, uh-huh. Oh, well, I just uh, never hung out with that guy again because right. I got a pretty good juke. Mm-hmm. I just got a, oh, mm-hmm. there's that guy. Stay with yep. me. He's handsy. Anyway, so uh, matter of fact, I think when I met uh, the couple of times I've met Andy Dick, one or two times, he was handsy. Uh-huh. And he's got, he has that thing, that gay guy thing that happened in the 90s where he's like, I'm gay. I'm going to touch your boobs. Mm-hmm. And... um and then it turns out, oh, no, he's just pansexual and just likes to molest people. Like, that's basically what he is. Okay, is that because um, this guy, I'm just going to pull an old Jackie and Lori moment here. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 this guy grabbed my boobs once and said that it didn't matter. And because he was gay. And I was huh. like, it does. It does matter. They're still really going to be mine. Uh, you shouldn't grab my fucking elbow uh, <laughs> without, I don't want to be touched. <laughs> Wow. Uh, it, it's all it's all about asking mm-hmm. anyway so mm-hmm. 
The wave on this file looks very hot. I'm really hoping that it's not, there's not trouble there. So, um, okay. So, uh, pick another, what's it, what's yes. it, is, is there a great episode with our other problematic Joe Rogan actor? Uh, he's in all of them. So we can just say, yes, you can't look at him as a standout of any episode. Not okay. to say that he's not a good utility player. He is, he's fine. He is fine. I'm not, I'm, I'm doing my hardest to not totally dismiss him as a person, but he's not, there's no Joe episode. That's like a big Joe episode, except for like anytime he takes his shirt off, which is honestly ridiculously impressive. I wish I could look that good. He's fucking, he's oh, a is piece he all of ripped? beef. Oh, he's a, he's but very, he, but he's tiny, right? Yeah, so he's, no, he is notoriously uh, quite a short gentleman. Um, but, but that also, I think enhances the beef. Uh, right, so, right. you know, like he's a very beefy dude. And I'm like, Oh my God. Every time I'm like, I forgot. I keep forgetting that he looks like that when he's, you know, 30. You, you know? know what? You know, what's weird to me about the 90s is I think huh? I was into um, tiny uh, buff dudes at the uh-huh. time. So I uh-huh. probably if I would have watched that show would have been like, oh, that guy's hot. But yeah. um, but I don't uh, I don't know his work either. I just know that he is universally reviled except for by a pile of 25 year old haircuts and a bunch <laughs> of 45 year old wannabes. So uh, but that's I mean, that doesn't mean that there's not work uh-huh. for that guy. That guy's got work. Now, uh, he almost didn't have that. Well, I won't say he almost didn't, but he w- he replaced two people. Technically, the first person to have that part was Ray Romano, but by his own oh, admission, really? sucked at the table read, and he did not. He was fired after the table read. Okay. Uh, they then hired a guy named Greg Lee, who is only known really for hosting the show "Where in the World Is Carmen Sandiego." Okay. Um, a show that I, I, as a young boy who was born in 1980, loved. Okay. And he plays Rick, and Rick is uh, only supposed to be there for the first episode because they had to get that the character was written, they had to get out of the way. They would recast if the show got picked up, and they did. So. That's how okay. that happened. Oh, that's, that's how, how Joe, that happened. the stand-up. Yeah, it's weird. Okay. So now on the other hand, Vicki Lewis episodes. Oh, yeah, sure. So many. So many good ones. Yeah, I mean, she, she is also, I hate, to, I don't want to say utility player in this. They all are. Here's the thing is, is, is it is very much an ensemble show. That's a right. ton of people to put in a show, right? Yep. You can underwrite or you can just not feature. Uh, I would say Candy Alexander could be featured and underwritten, whereas I feel like, uh, uh, her character, Vicki Lewis's character, was sometimes less featured, but she was always written well. And also, you just gave the job to a perfect actress. She's just one of the funniest people who's ever walked this planet. And that woman's um, name is? Vicki Lewis, the delightful Vicki Lewis. <clears throat> Whose name was Beth with no... Uh, B- Beth with no last name, that's correct. That's right. Yeah. I And I love her so much. She can do the, this thing that I, as an actor, still cannot manage to do, and that is realistically laugh on camera like have your character act, oh. <laughs> like laugh real. her and steve carell are the two people i can think of who do it to the point where it's like it makes you want to laugh with them and i don't get it i don't understand what that skill is but she are, has that so is she supposedly laughing at something that's real or is she laughing to make other people laugh like is she acting laughing or is she just acting and something was supposed to have been funny you know yeah exactly she's either acting in something that's supposed to have been funny but it's just a realistic laugh like every okay. time yeah and it's you buy it you're like okay that 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 could have almost been an outtake the uh, the laugh was so good okay and and then when you do hear her actually laugh it's basically that laugh she just knows how to channel her actual it's just good acting you know okay <laughs> yeah she's a genius I like that now makes me self-conscious of my laugh oh yeah but me too i, I love, get it i love the uh i love the idea that there is a way to do such a thing, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting, interesting. There's there's a space between ha 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 and like whatever you actually do and finding it can be a little rough because I don't know, it, it's opening yourself up. But she's a Broadway actress. I feel like she's done a little bit of everything. And all you, it's I feel like you do better if you've already had to go big and scream to the and, you know, the back of the house You oh, can right. shrink yourself down. It's easier to shrink yourself down than blow yourself up. I think one of the things in acting class, they tell you not that mm-hmm. I'm a uh I have not acted enough to be a good actor. Uh, it turns out it's a learned skill. So, but I was told <clears throat> always overact because they can tell you to pull back. Yeah. Never underact because they won't bother to tell you to act bigger. I did this thing in college. Uh, I only took a couple of acting classes. I've been acting forever, but I only took a couple of classes. This was acting for the director. We did that the Linguini scene from uh, The Odd Couple. 
<laughs> and the guy with me, he was good, but I didn't feel like either of us were channeling the emotion of that, even though it's a funny scene. So I said, here, let's do this. Do we have any prop guns? And so I had us play the whole scene with guns to one another's faces and scream the lines to each other. And then okay. turns out like that actually got the dynamic going and all we had to do was just suck it back in and it and the scene worked. So, so that you know. so that makes sense. If you yeah. if you overact and then they're like, it's too much. Uh huh. You're like, you can always pull back. A hundred percent. It's uh it's it's the opposite of putting salt in food. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually is a perfect analogy. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm beating myself up there. Shouldn't. Okay. <laughs> acting. So, is there any great acting happening besides Vicky Lewis? Like, what what are memorable scenes with Vicky Lewis that you um, that, that you enjoyed? Okay, so I'm trying. There, there's. There's so many, a lot of them are line reads. So I'm going to be thinking, because we would do this thing on our podcast. We're like, what's your favorite scene or what's your favorite line read? And a lot of times it was a line read. What's a line read? Like, just like her saying that these two characters are in love. She said, you guys are in love. And I'd never heard anybody say it that way. You love her. And it was just, she makes that funny somehow. Um, So just her particular line reading of that, where I don't think anybody else would make it as Funny. Same with Phil Hartman. She she and Phil Hartman had the same power, which is give them any line and they'll make it work. Okay. And I think that's where like you could give him something ridiculous. Like there's there's a scene in again, my favorite episode is called Arcade uh, because okay. there's they replace the sandwich machine with an arcade uh, game that Dave turns out was addicted to as a kid. But the sandwich machine Bill is very upset about because he loved those sandwiches beyond all else. And he uh, what the it, fuck it's, is it's so written? good. Oh, <laughs> that is hilarious. Okay. So just wait, it gets better. <laughs> office spacing, but not uh, even office space because office space was relatively existed, realistic. Yep. Uh-huh. And <laughs> they, the, it gets crazier. This, okay. All right. Start. This they is how good that episode is. Say it, say it again. Okay. So here's how it goes. Uh, there's a sandwich arcade. machine. It's making no money. Okay. They replace the sandwich machine with an arcade game. Uh, and it's called Stargate Defender. If you're there, are any video game game nerds out there, they will yes. know there was Stargate and Defender. They just combined the two because okay. these guys were fucking dorks. Right. So uh, and uh, when Bill finds out that the arcade game is there and that there's no more sandwich machine, he flips out and he's like trying to grab the old ones, including one that's been sitting behind the machine for years. He just loves them because they remind them of the sandwiches his mother made him when he was a kid. How does he say it? Uh, you know, she'd make two, she'd make a box of sandwich, two weeks worth of sandwiches and leave them on a box on the porch for a couple of weeks. And just like he talked about the, the, the abuse and things uh. he went through and neglect as though they were the most beautiful uh. pastoral scenes. <laughs> uh, and he just talk about that. Ah, oh, memory. Yeah. Good times. Good times. This is where and- I got lost when the, when, when, when the video game replaced the sandwich machine, yeah. I thought for some reason mm-hmm. you had to win the video game to get a sandwich. <laughs> That's no, what I, I would enjoy. Not quite. That would okay. be good. I like that though. Um, right. But he keeps desperately trying to find other sandwiches and, and as they run out, he tells Bill or he tells Dave, we need to get the sandwich machine back. And he says, why, Bill? And he takes this weird hat that he's wearing. He's like, look, uh, because without the preservatives and the preservatives and those sandwiches, I've been rapidly aging. He's dyed his hair gray. And and he's like, do you believe me now, Dave? And Dave said, only if you dyed all of your hair white. And he says, I did. And there's something about that. This yeah. sort of Charlton Heston <laughs> guttural thing that he pulls out of himself. That's a line read I've always liked. Uh, oh. That whole episode is worth it. Um, I, I, I'm not even. I've only given you like an eighth of what that whole episode is. So that whole episode. So so it's Phil Hartman panicking mm-hmm. about the the loss of the sandwich machine. How is is anyone else responding to the loss of the sandwich machine? No, they're just responding to what a fucking idiot he's being. <laughs> they're just okay. like, oh Dave, oh Dave. Then, oh, oh Bill, you poor oh, Bill. poor man. So yeah. and then is is now Dave Foley mm-hmm. is responding to the fact that he loves this video game. Yeah, he this is, is going to cut into productivity at the workplace. Why this, have they? This is exactly right. Now, he's afraid because he was addicted to this game in the 80s, as many as they say, pale, friendless versions were uh, at the time. <laughs> and it, it is uh, the, the, the subplot with him is Lisa wants to retake her SATs to prove that she's still as smart as she was in high school. <laughs> They're dating. She wants Dave to take them with her. And he's like, but the reason I failed the SATs is because of that video game. That video game shows up. He gets addicted again. He is then, uh, again, almost late for the SATs. And there's, again, this is also, uh, I think, this... the first thing Lily Sobieski was ever in, by the way. She's in this episode as a, as a under five uh, teenager. 
Okay. There's a lot going on. Uh, and Who is that? Uh, Lily Sobieski. Oh, yeah. she was an actress for a very long time, like a couple decades, but now she's retired-ish. Like, she's my age, but she's, like, retired, I guess. What was so she weird. in? After I this? can't remember anything now that you're saying it, but okay. uh, now you're but asking me. she was famous. Yes. There are people who would know that name. I, I right. guarantee Right, and they it. are yelling at their phones. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will get an email at Jackie at JackieCation.com to tell me uh, if I forget to IMDB her b- before. Feel free to email me and tell me uh, where she's working. Mm-hmm. But I will say this is yeah. this plot reminds uh-huh. me of a lot of 90 sitcoms seem to be more silly. Uh-huh. Even though I suppose maybe maybe 20 I don't know, maybe two and a half men was also super silly. Maybe, maybe uh cuz I it remind I wrote two specs. Uh-huh. When I first moved to Los Angeles in 1997, sure. one wrote half a one for Spin City. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I made it way too political. And I stopped halfway through going, nobody's nobody's making this. Nobody wants uh-huh. this in their writer's room, Jackie. And then I wrote a Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. And that one was super silly, mm-hmm. but only one plot you know how seinfeld had to have a plot for every character sure yeah yeah. right yeah. so my plot for george was that he was riding the bus and the bus driver had a large belt buckle mm-hmm. and i had george make fun of that belt buckle and the bus driver kicked him off mm-hmm. the bus and so to make up to make the bus driver like him george just keeps wearing larger and larger belt buckles yeah, Which, I like that. Yeah, you would have loved that episode. You would have loved <laughs> would that have. Pl- that yep. that plot line because uh-huh. that is very much a sight gag and a something that wouldn't happen, right? right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's what it sounds like. News radio. It is. There's but they, no. They they verge on this surreality that that I love. And uh, and I by the way, I'm putting a lot of sauce on this just because I love this show. And there's there's always an effort to justify your love for something like this. Sure. But, I do think it is excessively surreal and it gets there, especially the season finales of season three and season four are unexplainable to somebody who's never seen the show before. You can't dig into those first. It's yeah. Oh, it, it makes those... me want to see that season. What just, just give us a taste of what that season, season one fi- final episode is. Uh, no, Season one is fine. Season oh, three and four are the, are okay. the two finales where they decided to say, we're probably getting canceled. Fuck it. Let's do a weird theme episode. This is right before Buffy decides to start doing that stuff too. Like they were just on the cusp of like hitting it first season Buffy three, the vampire slayer. Yeah. Cause that showed, okay. you know, musical episode and stuff like that. But this was <laughs> just as normal. It's like if cheers had decided to do like a weird theme episode, Season three's finale is called Space. What do you think happens? It's the space. The, the fucking station is a space station. And, and that's it. That is it. They just like an excuse what? to call things space credits or space news. Like it is. Yeah, it's 22 minutes of that. I have uh, I, you can't see it, but I have Phil Hartman's space suit from that episode on my wall. Um, oh, my God. That is quite a purchase. That's uh-huh. what that is. All right. Yeah. All yeah. right. All I've right. got one of his ties on this wall. Okay. Um, one of the mugs from the episode on that up there. Um, okay. I'm obsessed. I think I've, I've, I've established. Yeah, yeah. You started the podcast mm-hmm. about news radio. What is that podcast called, by the way? It's called Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast. Okay. And yeah, it's at WNYXnewsradio.com. Okay. You there you go, want. Jason Klom. There you go. Uh, and is all of this stuff linkable from JasonKlom.com? Probably. There you go. And we're <laughs> not worthy. I've done my work. Yeah. Is a book. Uh, so if you go to sketchcomedybook.com, you will get all of the pre-order stuff and all of the information about that book. I think Where so. you got to interview different people about sketch comedy and how much they love it. Yeah. Well, and people, mostly people who are involved with it. 150 people and most of them have made made 90s sketch shows. That okay. includes Carol Burnett, but I didn't that really talk amazing. to her much about her 90s sketch show. I talked to her about her original sketch show. So In the 70s. Did you ever listen to uh, a podcast? I listened to a podcast recently. Come mm-hmm. on, you guys. I have two podcasts. I've listened to one. Uh, and it is the Julia Louis-Dreyfus Wiser Than Me podcast. Oh, I need to give that a listen, actually. Ten episodes where she interviews old old famous ladies <gasps> about being old famous ladies. I and love she this. interviews Jane Fonda, uh-huh. Amy Tan, okay. uh, Ruth Reichel, uh-huh. uh, who, who was head of Gourmet, I guess, magazine. Okay. okay. And um, Carol Burnett. 
yeah. is the last episode. But she also does, uh, is it Diane Love, who was 20 feet from stardom? Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Love, uh, I love that. Document. Darlene Love. There we go. Okay. And um, some woman who was the head of the EPA. Okay. Uh, the, uh, oh, Fran Leibowitz. Holy crap. Okay. And who, I, I had listened to that one a couple of times because mm-hmm. I want to like Fran Leibowitz, but when you uh-huh. first listen to it, you don't. Well, she's got uh, that Oscar Wilde thing where she'll say something that sounds like it's supposed to be a quip or it's supposed to be funny. And it's like, I guess in context, maybe that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Right. Well, she's just a little, it was, she was a little mean, but I listened to it again. Oh, sure. And I, yeah. And I, um, and I liked it better the second time, quite honestly, because I liked okay. all of it. And I didn't know anything about Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Okay. So um, all I knew is that she played mean people on television. Yeah. Elaine, Veep. You know, mm-hmm. those are not people I would invite to the house. No. And um, so I have a hard time watching television about people I wouldn't invite to the house, quite honestly. Fair. Um, so let's see. Were, was there any news on news radio? Did they ever do the yeah. news? Yes. Occasionally they would. there would be something like uh, they would they would constantly reference Governor Pataki. I think it's just because they like the name. They would talk about <laughs> a lot of local bridges and stuff because a lot of them were New York guys before they came to L.A. to make this show. Rarely, though, there was one whole episode that's about a midtown bus crash or something like that or a, or a derailed train. That's what it is. It's a derailed train and uh, a subway train. And Matthew sent off and he's trying to get a report from it and cannot. So it's about how they couldn't get the news done that day. So that's how dedicated they were to not during doing the news. <laughs> right. And it was the mid 90s, right? It's, uh-huh. It ended in 99. Mm-hmm. And so. Bill Clinton all had us in sort of a bit of a torpor. Uh, uh-huh. Like we, we were all just sort of going, oh, it's all working out. Yeah. It's all working yeah. out. While Nazis mock nations behind the scenes uh-huh. so that they could zoom in and uh, and creep us all out with their uh, anti-abortion bullshit. Uh-huh. Anyway, Jackie Cation made a bees, made a bees, you guys. Uh, so full of rage, it bleeds into the happy show that is the Dork Forest. I get it. Um, so. Yeah, oh, it's hard not to. It's hard uh-huh. not to get it. <laughs> um, so there's very little news on the news radio. Is there mm-hmm. radio? Is it yeah, all plenty? Okay. There's plenty. I mean, you can't do that show without having Phil Hartman use that baritone and just you know say bullshit. Like there's a whole episode where he's he says something that he's not supposed to say on on the radio and then is asked to apologize for it. And then when he apologizes for it, uh, everything that happens, sub- every apology leads to some other tragedy. Um, where he says, you know, we should all just listen to our hearts. And then it turns out one unfortunately insane man cut his own heart out and put it to his ear. And it's again, that's how absurd it is. But every oh. time he does something, he has to reapologize. Oh, right. Because some listener did a thing. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. That's very funny. It wasn't like some, like Kevin Spacey apologized with a guitar. Uh, okay. <laughs> so it wasn't like, like it didn't mm. matter. The apologies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I, I am sympathetic and supportive of that premise of, mm-hmm. of sitcomville. Mm-hmm. What's, uh, what's another episode? Do you have a favorite? The Cane. The Cane. Season two, episode <laughs> nine. Yes. You, you cannot talk. The smoking and the cane are the two anybody ever pulls. If they're, even if they're slightly familiar with it uh, and if they've seen it, those are the two people remember. I think they replayed them a lot. The Cane. The only plot that you need to remember is that Bill McNeil comes in one day with a cane for no reason whatsoever, makes a big fucking deal about it, and Dave steals his cane, and he needs to know where his cane is. And Phil Hartman saying, Jimmy, I need a pillow. My ass hurts. That is, for some reason, the funniest thing on the planet to me. And, <laughs> like, getting to the point where it does turn out... How does out, even get there? How do you get there from cane to my... Oh. I need a pillow. <laughs> uh, this is also, by the way, an episode featuring Jane Lynch, I should point out, as a as a five and Guest? under. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. She's a five and under on it. Like nobody knew who the hell she was. She plays Jimmy's assistant, and they're all in. They all have to have a meeting in Jimmy's big office, his big corporate office. But there are no chairs. He wants everybody to hunker down except for himself. And uh, they want it. Bill wants a pillow and says his ass hurts. But he also says Dave stole my cane. Like that's I don't know. There's just there's so much beautiful <laughs> little you. And but again, just somebody weird said, pettiness <laughs> that goes around in a circle. But it's mm-hmm. it's it's delivered with such amazing. Oh, by the way, uh, whatever mm. that arm is, I would like yes. to buy one of those. So send oh, okay. me uh, a I copy will. of whatever that, because I bought one that was dumb. 
And so I'm holding my mic. Oh, my uh, old yeah. arms are all terrible and being used for other things right now. So I get Right. It. I would like to somehow recycle an old arm. I bought a very nice microphone mm-hmm. and a bad arm. Mm. So the arm came. I think the arm was free. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is digressed into a tech dorkdom. <laughs> uh, but because I like your arm, okay. of your, your mic arm. Good work. I will send it to you. All right. So uh, just that, just that, the cane. The cane is just such a good damn episode. And it's one of those things where I've been trying like so hard to either, I've spoken to the prop master. I either want the original cane, which the likelihood that that's anywhere is very low, or I need to know exactly what the head is because you can't see because the resolution on these old shows is so shitty. You can't see what the head of the cane looks like and nobody (laughs) scanned it to HD. So I don't know. I'm obsessed with this kind of stuff. I've, I have props from the show. I've tried to recreate them as well. Um, Do you, uh, can you show us a, grab the mug? Let me see. Yeah, I can grab me see. Yeah, sure, you can grab you, something. Oh, you know what? I here. Here's what I'll do. Um, you can grab something that is indeed a prop. So from the show, if there's if there's one prop on this show that anybody ever remembers, it is the yellow mug. And this, while probably not screen used, is is from the batch that were screen used. WNYX. Um, WNYX. Is that real? Like, is uh, yeah. there a real, is there a no, real station called There NYX? is a WNYX. It doesn't have the same, it's not 585 AM, but there is a WNYX. I can't remember where it is, but I also have one up there that isn't broken. This one I had to repair that's here. And then the black one is a, from the space episode, but it doesn't say WNYX in NASA font, which it should. <laughs> oh, sorry. See? I'm so sorry, prop person. This is a you, problem. <laughs> you dropped the ball. It is not I, a problem. You are <laughs> in the safest of all spaces, my friend. I have, a, and, by the way, I have a, two boxes of shit here that if things get, uh, I, I become a lull for the show that I could at least be like, look, uh, show and tell. I have so much shit sitting here because I have started an archive for the show and the archive continues. And I just got an email the other day where I'm going to continue archiving shit for the show, uh, maybe even more than I had planned on. So what is a yeah. lull? Oh, if I'm boring is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, if there's if a I lull. become a lull on the show, <laughs> I, I was just like, hey, look, this is the thing. Actually, here's one thing I will show you. That's not a prop, but I think you might talk about another episode that's fantastic and it's called super karate monkey death car i just realized how crazy that is to say out loud yeah super There's fun. an episode with the delightful brian posein is in it uh oh, there you some, go. he's great in it uh, uh let's see who else well anyway it doesn't matter uh he's great in it uh jimmy james writes an autobiography called uh jimmy james capitalist lion tamer doesn't sell well it gets sent over to Japan, <laughs> translated. Then it gets translated back into English. The name of the car, the name of the book is then uh, Jimmy James Macho Business Donkey Wrestler. And <laughs> so I have a friend. This is not You're a promo. Right. It's impossible not to laugh at that. <laughs> Congratulations, whoever came up with that plot. That's insane. So I have a friend who decided, based on the few things that are in the episode, she wrote the whole book. And then translated it and back translated. Do you see how thick this is? How much work right. went into this? So this is that. That is. A, She's written a, this. This is insanity. Bo- and, and what's the name of the book? Capitalist Lion Tamer. It will also show up as Macho Business Donkey Wrestler. She also wrote Bill's autobiography. There's a whole episode called Bill's autobiography where, where Bill McNeil can't manage to write his autobiography. And she uses every fact from every episode. She has a complicated spreadsheet. And she then went and wrote a book of. She both of these books I wanted to write, and then thank God she took them off my plate because what is she did her a name? Job. Her name is Lauren Weston. Lauren and, Weston, uh, you guys, you want to find a weird, ridiculous? So <laughs> the plot of this episode was that the character, yeah, Jimmy James, writes uh-huh. a writes an autobiography, and it uh-huh. gets translated into Japanese, and then translated back from Japanese back into English, yeah, and then it becomes a hit. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. And then Brian Posehn asks questions like, um, "What did you mean when you said feel my pain, donkey, 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 donkey?" And that, come on, that coming out of Brian Posehn's <laughs> just like straight face. It's just one of the most beautiful things you've ever seen. He, by the way, has played he he and uh he Bob Odenkirk and David Cross all played two parts on that show in different episodes. There's an episode where they're all three of them together, and it's phenomenal. They play uh, Dave's old acapella group, <laughs> barbershop okay. quartet. It's okay. Okay. Yeah, it's great. It's crazyville. <laughs> it's complicated. I'm sorry. It feels very complicated and delightful. Is there always just one main plot? No, there are there are several, but there, you know, all of us, every time we would do the podcast, we'd be like, oh, I forgot that 
this one was in this episode because to me this is just the Kane episode. There's there's one I think that has only an A story and no B or C story. Okay, there, you know, but I can never for the life of me remember anything beyond like what the most a people story. Would consider the A story or like a C story. I really love. You know, sometimes that <laughs> happens too. Uh, what what is now? I need to ask: Is there a C story you can think of offhand, or probably not? Maybe not. Um, no, I can only think of the A story and B story of Arcade because, again, it's my favorite episode and I love it with all my So, heart. yeah, because those two and they intersected. So it yeah, they intersected so well, which is so which is so key in a lot of mm-hmm. sitcoms. They have to intersect. Otherwise, why wouldn't you have just a different uh, sitcom if they're just going to run parallel paths? If they're That's never fair. if they're never going to intersect, mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense. So, no, um what okay what's another favorite episode we only have about 10 minutes left <laughs> oh really jesus christ i'm so sorry this is my fault see oh, that's, this is the problem <laughs> no this is the best this is I the reason the up. show exists oh wow so we've already gone over arcade my god uh no we can't talk about that we could but it's not as fun to, uh, you know what here we'll talk about the other weird crazy episode which is the season finale of season four okay. which is phil hartman's last episode because he was murdered like a month after they shot it right um and that is called sinking ship uh, the oh, metaphor wow. is intentional, <laughs> but it it is a Titanic themed episode. They <laughs> deck, the whole thing is Titanic. They seal off some of it and flood some of the rooms. Phil Hartman has his pencil mustache and he's just talking like this the whole time because you know he he's eating that shit up so much. They got some of the actual costumes from Titanic. Uh, th- Why? Why? Uh, what is the conceit? Why is it the Titanic? Uh, because uh, it opens up with Phil Hartman saying, have you ever wondered what it would be like if news radio took place in a ship? And that's it. Oh, and that is it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it also the openings are very dismissive where he's just like, I don't know why I'm here. Basically, that's the theme is like, why are we doing this? I don't know. Other than a big couple middle fingers to NBC. Is, is anybody playing uh, a violin? Do they, do they talk about, did Titanic come out yet? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it had come had... out, yeah, like a year before. Okay, so it was a big deal, mm-hmm. which is why they went with Titanic. Yeah. So did somebody lose a ring? Was there a Rose character? Did they There is re-enact? a Rose character. Okay. Basically, yeah, There, there's uh, Lisa uh, is the Rose character. And then she uh, has a brief potential dalliance with the character named Walt, who's played by Brad Rowe, who doesn't really act anymore, but is great. He has a very short arc on that show, including that episode where they absolutely do the hands down, but it's the booth. It's the... It, it, but, like the reason I uh, one of the reasons I like talk about this show, too, is like you've seen this kind of shit on community 15 years later. Oh, right. But people just don't acknowledge like the how much work was put in on this show. There's also right. the show Spaced, which was also a very big influence on community, too. Um, but uh, yeah, so they do all that kind of stuff. And uh, Jimmy just plays the guy who owns and they, they he owns the- he owns the Titanic, basically, but they steer the sh- the fucking station into an iceberg. It still looks like a station from the outside. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's so dumb, and it's beautiful. Do you know, I can't remember who had this idea. One of Andy's friends had uh, an idea for a show mm-hmm. that, of course, would not be made unless someone was a billionaire and decided to make it. Okay. And it would be an episodic Titanic show. Every episode, every- it'd be one hour. Mm-hmm. Every episode, the Titanic would sink. And every episode, we would follow different characters. I don't hate it. And I love it. We would it would be like the love boat, but we <laughs> would we would cross paths. Like in the first episode, it might be about the band. Uh-huh. And the second one, it's about some women who got off the ship. And uh-huh. in the second episode, they would pass the band. And they yeah, would it. sort of Groundhog's Day reenact the scene that we had seen the previous week. Why has nobody made just, this show? Right. No, this is great. No, this, this is, is great. Get no. it to Damon Lindelof today. This needs okay. to happen. It could, uh, it would be ridiculous and hilarious yeah. and, uh, yeah. and without parallel. And <laughs> by the way, without purpose. No, yeah, yeah, of course. What? I would watch that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about it. I would love right. that. Right. Right. Uh, I will say this. Here's my, and before we, I mean, we have about five we might have another 10 minutes still. Okay. But um, the sad story about Phil Hartman killing himself uh-huh. is I had just moved here. Well, he was and... murdered. I should point that out. He was murdered. Oh, wait, his wife killed himself. His wife killed his wife killed him and then killed herself because she came down from the drugs and probably realized what she'd done. Yeah. And two weeks earlier, I met her. Oh, wow. Yeah. She had just gotten out of rehab. Okay. Yep. And, uh, a woman who was an acquaintance of mine brought her to one of my shows and said, 
this is Phil Hartman's wife. She just got out of rehab. I'm taking her drinking. Do you want to come with us? And I was like, that is a terrible idea. What are you nuts? And she was like, she just spent 30 days without booze or drugs, Jackie. And I was like, yeah, we. And then two weeks later on the news, you know, it was, this was also in the heyday when the news would, uh, there were live chases on the highways. Mm -hmm. And I think it was, it was two things happened that week where it was like a, at three, I had a temp job at a closed captioning company. And so we had the TV on and um, the news was, they were chasing somebody and the guy got out of his car and killed himself. Oh, wow. And they showed it live on television. Wow. At 3 p.m. Uh, in 1998 Holy or shit. 97 or whatever it was. And um, and they had to do, they uh, they decided with those chases that they mm-hmm. had to do a feed lag. Yeah. Because there were children uh-huh. home from school. And it interrupted <sighs> all of the, t- the programming because we all watched it because it was a fascinating world of whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was, it was, I had to be the same week when I was like, wait, wait, Bryn Hartman. Yeah. And I didn't know who Phil Hartman, I didn't watch the show. Okay. Sure. um, But I knew that Phil Hartman was uh, beloved and revered. And sure. I was like, and I think he, I, he had been in the improv. I never got to meet him, him, but, um, Mm -hmm. that is my weird, sad gossipy story. That wow. for some reason has come up three times in the last two weeks. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, he was my hero. Like, I've had several heroes, of course. Like, that's what sure. we do. But, like, he was a guy I was like, I'm going to get to L.A. and I'm going to do voiceover with that guy. That was my dream. And uh, when did you move here? Uh, five years later. Um, okay. You know, yeah. I was I was 18 when he was 17 when he was killed. Okay. And I was just like, oh. Fuck. I mean, like, obviously, I'm sad that a human being has been lost, but there's the the ego part of me is like, well, fuck, that's never going to happen. Now. But I do. Right. I the t- the tie of his that I have on the wall, I'm going to wear the second I get like a good animation voiceover thing. So that's that's going to be as close as I will get. But that's right. what I'm going to do with that tie. I'm yeah, yeah that just tie. for luck. Just for yeah. luck. Yeah. yeah. Phil Hartman's Nothing. tie. Fuck yes. I can't wear the whole jumpsuit. That would make me look like a doofus. But I'll wear the tie. <laughs> right. But maybe you will have gotten that job because uh-huh. you're a doofus. I mean, I hope so. That's pretty I'm, much my only thing I can do. I'm going to be on one episode of that Strange Planet show on Apple. Uh-huh. Cause, Amazing. Because uh, I love that cartoon. Yeah. But uh, in my voice, I'm, I play sibling. I play one uh-huh. of the, I, I play a sibling. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't really get a lot of direction mm-hmm. as far as, and the way I always read his cartoon was sort of like a very cones, conehead kind of thing. Sure. Well, that I don't think is how <laughs> everybody else read it. Like just no contractions, okay. just normal reading, but no contractions. So I wish I could do a rereading of that, but um, I hope there's another episode with the sibling and I get to play the sibling again, but I'm in I one mean, episode. Yeah. It's its own standout thing then now. So you have stood out officially then if it's that weird, then you've stood out. So whatever. It, uh, yeah. I usually want to stand out in more positive. <laughs> Uh, okay so why so if somebody was to start this show today yeah first of all where are they streaming it oh my god i don't even know i think you can get it i think you can maybe get it on prime it's really hard to find i think you can get it on prime now oh yeah there we go where can you stream news radio i just asked siri you guys thank you because for a while you're able to watch news radio on amazon prime fubo tv crackle Mm -hmm. or for free with ads on the roku channel Pluto oh. TV. It's also possible to buy news radio as a download on Apple iTunes, Amazon Video, and Google Play Movies. Thank or you, Sarah. If you're old like me, just buy the damn set, the box set of news radio for like 10 bucks on eBay. You're good to go. It's fine. Oh, there you go. So, you, what would be a good. St- would, would you recommend people start from the first episode or would you. I would say start with the cane or smoking. Those one of those two is is the best inroad. That's what all of uh, since doing this podcast, we have a very large uh, group of we actually call ourselves dorks because the word dorks is recurring on the show. Uh, so it's perfect for this sure. show. Oh, but our is. news radio dorks on uh, uh, on the social media, we have a little group chat. Uh, we all agree that it's the cane or smoking that is what you introduce your friends with. And which uh, which season are those two in? Are they uh, the in cane early is, season? is season uh, three, and then uh, smoking is se- no, sorry, other way around. Season one is smoking. Season two is the cane. 
Okay. Um, and then you once you're going to see the best episodes in season three, probably. Okay. That, oh, the best episodes as a, as a season, you would go season I three? I think so. Even though there's some really great shit in season four, season three is pretty hardcore and beautiful. <laughs> where, do you know where Vicki Lewis is today? She's you know doing Broadway. Of- I don't know what she's doing right now. She might be doing Into the Woods, if I remember correctly, but she's still doing just a shit ton of Broadway. Do you know where uh, any of the other people are besides Andy Dick and Joe Rogan? Uh, I think we both know where those guys are. Yeah, we do. And Phil Hartman. Yeah, but yeah, Dave yeah. Foley is doing stand-up, if I remember correctly. Probably. I mean, the, that that one season that they got of the new season of The Kids in the Hall was fantastic that they did last year. That was really good. He's still oh, just, good. He's, you know, he's still a job and actor, but like just doing a great job. And I'm sure they've got, hopefully they've got touring plans as a group together. That would be great. Uh, Candy Alexander, again, jobbing actor. Um, I know that she she moved from L.A. She's somewhere else, but she's still acting uh, up a okay. storm. Uh, then you've got your Maura Tierney. She's on everything still, bits and Is pieces. She? Well, yeah, she was on The Affair, if I remember correctly. I've never seen it, but she Oh, was... so she's just doing like one or two episodes a thousand times a year kind of thing? Yeah, so she's probably. probably striking right now. Yeah, like if I, I go, so. <laughs> if I go strike, yeah. I might run into her. Tell her I say hi. Don't tell her I have a crush on her. Just tell her I say hi. I'll try not um, to make it weird. Okay, uh, please. Uh, I have struck. I have. I have picketed twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should have gone out again today. This week is actually going to be a pretty uh, cool week mm-hmm. in uh, L.A., so it's probably a good week to strike. So Do it's it. a good, uh, yeah, I should get out there. Uh, Jason Klum, thank you so much. For, Thank all, you for, having for me. all you've done, quite honestly, all of the podcasts you've had in the past, all that uh-huh. you'll have in the future. Sure. Uh, helping me out with my WordPress and uh, sending me that uh, where I could buy that arm. Oh, yeah. Uh, you yep. have a you have a new album, not a new album, new book coming out. <laughs> I do. And it is going to be called We're Not Worthy. Yeah. And you could pre-order it probably everywhere. But if you go to sketchcomedybook.com, mm-hmm. you will uh, be given more information than you need. I think so. Here's that subtitle for you from In Living Color to Mr. Show, How 90 Sketch TV Changed the Face of Comedy. There, I said it. There, he said it, you guys. Jason Klom. And it's at Jason. By David Wayne. I'm sorry, I didn't say it. Yay. At Jason Klom, K-A-K-L-A-M-M, is exactly, um, is how you spell that. And it's Mm -hmm. on Instagram and it's Klom on Twitter. But feel free to avoid that. And Rangers, you know, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. Hi, Adal. How was the show? It was great. I'm using a new interface, so let's see what happens. We tried to do it earlier. It didn't take. It didn't take. It didn't take. All right. Let's maybe if we both face. Hi. Hello. Hi, Rangers. Hado. <laughs> Hado. This is the cuddliest <laughs> bonus episode ever of the Dork Forest. Andy Ashcraft. You don't mind it. You don't mind it. Uh, the episode was about news radio. It was with Jason Klom. He wrote a book, We're Not Worthy, from Wayne's World. Right, right. About about news radio? About news radio. And news radio was a sitcom. Uh-huh. Yep. One of my favorites, in fact. That is ridiculous. And you actually were telling me- I don't even like sitcoms, but I you, like that one. Right. You don't like sitcoms. I don't like sitcoms, generally speaking. But right. you know what? I really like that one. And it felt like, it felt like the spiritual- uh, child of WKRP in Cincinnati. Which he claims to have not seen. He's only seen a handful of them. That, that blows my mind. <laughs> is it a crime against humanity? It is. He's, he's watched news radio. <laughs> he's written a book about news radio. and didn't... No, he's written a book about 90s, um, 90s sketch comedy. Oh, okay. Hence. Coming coming from it, Dave Foley, Kids in the Hall. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. Uh, Phil Hartman was on... Uh, Saturday Night Live. Right. Yeah. I think Andy Dick was on Fridays. Right. And I think they all came out of that that sketch. Oh, the that, Groundlings. The Groundlings, right. Okay. And so there was uh, there were favorite episodes. There was the episode where Jimmy James got a cane. My favorite. One of my favorite actors of all time was in that show, and that's him. That <laughs> what else has he done? I don't know. Um, uh, gosh, he's, uh, really, yeah, he's, yeah. oh, he works. He works. Oh yeah. He totally works. Well, you know, they got 97 episodes. Wow. Right. Which is Not a disappointment. Enough. Right. A hundred. Three episodes shy. Of the syndication trifecta. That's a, that's a crying shame. It is a real crying shame and very sad, but, right. um, John Lovitz replaced, uh, 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 Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman. Right, right. 
And my brother Russ was telling me uh, his favorite episode and that John Lovitz was Phil Hartman's best friend, which I did not know, mm. which was a weird casting choice. That is a weird casting choice. He must have he, he must have been like friends with the producers and they were just like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? Mm. All right. Look right. As opposed to you're really sad. Why don't you replace him also on this TV show? That would be right. a terrible thing. For did he producers. play the same character? No. Oh, OK. So he they, played a replacement, a replacement character. Character. OK. He might have got a sitcom out of that. Uh, like, wasn't he on a sitcom after John Lovitz? Uh, I, hasn't he been on sitcoms all his entire life? He's been on many sitcoms. Isn't you're right. He, hasn't he been on sitcoms for the last thousand years? <laughs> right. Well, now he's currently uh, doing a show at the Rio at 5 p.m. At the Rio? In Las Vegas. Oh, that's right, because that's his theater, right? I believe so. He's got some sort of standardized, you know, curated, what's that called? when they when they stay there and <laughs> for the whole time of their life they just have a theater right right, right. like Penn and teller yeah, yeah Penn and teller have their theater there as well right and um but he yeah he replaced i think it was the last three episodes i want to see it yeah. uh my brother russ's favorite episode was the one where candy the only black character mm-hmm. has a dream where the entire staff of the news radio group is black and then she wakes up and she's like, ah, oh, that would have been great. <laughs> and because Jason Klump told me that she left the show because they didn't do anything with her, that they well, didn't have an, enough like storylines for her. Right, right, right. She was she was very much like the, the background, almost a background character. Right. Sidekick to Phil Hartman. Kind of. Yeah. And so Russ was saying that it was like standing next to the sun. Uh, <laughs> kind of. I mean, not really. I mean, his character... His character was really two-dimensional in that in that show. Who was three-dimensional? Well, Jimmy James was. Oh, was he? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Dave Foley and and the and the the gal who's the love interest. The lo- yeah, who's who's the the head of the um, uh, the head head news lady. James Clum also uh, Jason Clum also told me that they don't do the news really. They never mention the news. No, no, no. They it's all internal office politics and. <laughs> and <laughs> My favorite episode is there. They, there's a, a heat wave, and uh, and they're uh, of course they're always going into Jimmy James's office to complain about <laughs> each other and worry him about the things going on in their personal lives and and this and that. And as he's listening to one of them, probably Dave Foley, <laughs> he climbs out the window and throws himself out of the window, and they're up on like the 14th floor. <laughs> and then it snaps back, and he's only imagined it. Yeah, I need to. <laughs> I, I kind of need to see the, that. Ep- I need to at least see four episodes. The two that Jason loved, the one that uh, Russ liked, and the one that you liked. Jason Klom, by the way, it's at Jason Klom, uh, J-A-S-O-N-K-L-A-M-M. And he has a podcast about news radio. He has a new book coming out in September of 2023, of course, uh, called We're Not Worthy about sketch comedy. And he also designed and helped me set up the Dork Forest uh, website. Many years Which ago. Looks great. Which looks excellent. He did a great job. Rangers, uh, I don't know why I have to say it twice, but because uh, I haven't figured out a different way to uh, head out. But huddle, huddle, huddle. Huddle in and say, uh, be good to each other. Take care of each other. Help somebody in front of you. Uh, hope, courage, all those things. Okay, bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?